NFL, fantasy, college. Man, this guy does it all. Oh, my goodness. This is sick. Put this to music. Time to check in with Rotowire.com's football guru, John McKechnie. What are you doing on your phone? I am fixing my fantasy football lineup on In the Zone. Rotowire.com, your home for the latest injury news, betting advice, daily fantasy analysis. You can even find the podcast that Tazi and I do every single day as part of the Rotowire Podcast Network. It's called Fantasy Bites. Get you a quick five minute update. This man right here, the Don of all things Rotowire. You can text in any fantasy lineup questions you may have for John McKechnie, 50857, and I'll tee them up at the end here welcome to the show john it is a busy night of sports ahead yeah it's crazy this time of year is so fun you know you got the nba started back up nhl's back uh college football is you know it's it's about as good as it gets right now as far as that goes and then we you know on top of it we get playoff baseball and thursday night football yeah we're spoiled sports equinox um so Mm -hmm. I have a lot of fantasy stuff that I want to ask you about, but a quick college football slash NFL draft question. So we all had our eyes locked on Tennessee and Alabama over the weekend. It was a great game, probably the game of the year in in any league that we watch. And Hendon Hooker was phenomenal. I was looking at some of the draft rankings from experts around the Internet landscape And I saw that he was like maybe the fifth or sixth ranked quarterback, which probably puts him as like a fourth round grade, you know, like that kind of like a Bailey Zappi this year, you know, like somebody that a team can get kind of excited about, but they don't they don't put a lot of capital into it. I just see so much more than that with him. Where do you think he could realistically get drafted uh, coming up next April? Um, I, I hate to go wet blanket mode, and I, I do like Hendon Hooker. I think he's a, a great college quarterback, um, but I'm not sure that, that he has really NFL tools. Um, I, I think that you can kind of state that he might be a little bit maxed out as far as his development curve goes uh, with him being, I, I believe, a six-year senior, having started things out at Virginia Tech a few years back. Um, and I think that that's the, the type of offense that Josh Heupel is running at Tennessee. Uh, it, it works extremely well. It worked really well against Alabama. But, like, I'm not sure that there's a whole lot of transferables uh, from that system over to the NFL. And I, I'm, I don't really view uh, Hen and Hooker as someone who's, like, overly uh, toolsy. So I I do kind of have to, even with how exciting he's been this year, I do kind of have to keep it a day three uh, expectation on him at, at least at this point maybe maybe there's still time for him to change things but um i i do think that like the the cake is made at this point as far as uh head and hooker goes yeah i mean the age thing I, I i i can see where that would come into play if he was that hot of a prospect he probably would have been gone already and he is hitting wide open wide receivers there's no doubt about that i think i'm blinded by six five six four six five two twenty he can throw the ball deep and he can run a little bit i mean those are all the things you want in an nfl quarterback but is he missing just some of the easy reads uh progressions that kind of thing that you have to be able to uh, excel at at the nfl level well i i think that you know, d- despite him being a little bit over- overaged as a prospect, he's probably under seasoned as far as th- that facet of the game goes. So, like that, that's not a great combination uh, to have. Where like he he's basically going to be having to start fresh 
um, as far as the the learning curve goes in the NFL, as far as learning an NFL offense. And and again, I'm a big fan of Hennon Hookers, and I do have a Heisman ticket from him, for him uh, that I got back in July. Um, so like I, I'm really excited with how things have gone, but but at the same time, I, I think that there there probably are some limitations once we kind of like turn the the scouting microscope onto him. But nonetheless, he, he has the Vols, you know, at, at higher that they've been uh, this century. I mean, it's been unbelievable to to watch this Tennessee team this year and kind of like use last year as, as this jumping off point and you know they're exercising their demons left and right it seems like having beaten alabama they get the chance to do so against georgia here in a few weeks as well all right let's jump to the fantasy landscape i will ask you to grade the trade i tried to beef up a roster i'm three and three in a super flex league that i'm in with my co-host mike tazi him and i go head to head this week it's a uh it's a big time matchup they're putting it on in prime time and uh, so I, I won't bore the listeners with my whole roster, but I sent Gabe Davis, Mike Williams, and Aaron Jones out the door, and I brought back Saquon Barkley and Adam Thielen. Your thoughts? In general. I like it. Okay. Uh, I I think that I think that's a solid return. I think you, you get the best player in the trade. Um, that that's why it's a you know a give three get two back type of thing. And you know Aaron Jones has been frustrating. I think the Packers offense uh, really kind of is in a tough spot right now. And if they don't get right soon, you know that they've had a pretty favorable schedule to this point. If you, if you really think about it, and yet the the record uh, is not overly impressive. So if if they don't kind of wake up against this commanders team, I think it's fair to, to kind of be pessimistic about their, their outlook um, here moving forward. So um, I think you get an ascending uh, giants offense and a piece of it. And in uh, Saquon Barkley, he really is the driving force of that offense every single week. He gives you everything you need, both uh, as a rusher and as a pass catcher. So I'm all for it. And I think that the Vikings are, are also a team and a passing offense specifically that, um, you know, once you get past Justin Jefferson, Thielen still kind of is the guy uh, for them. So um, he's he's going to be that consistent producer as well. So I, I like all told uh, yeah. what you got back there. Yeah, Thielen, a nice tight end at the wide receiver position. I get you 35 to 40 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. That's But you know what? It's production. John McKechnie from rotowire.com on with us here. We've got questions from you guys on the text line. We'll get to those in just a couple of minutes. Any Thursday night football standouts? We're going to get a little sprinkle of Robbie Anderson, but based on the reports I read at rotowire.com, uh, it doesn't look like he's going to be a regular fixture in the offense tonight. Get DeAndre Hopkins back. Chris Olave looks like the only bona fide star receiver that the Saints have to de- deploy tonight. What are you looking for tonight? Well, who are you excited about, if anybody, on the fantasy side of things? Maybe it's just a function of how bad the last two Thursday night games have been, but uh, I do feel like we we break the trend tonight. We get something resembling an exciting Thursday night uh, football game with a little bit of offense, you know, and uh, maybe even more than one touchdown being being scored. Uh, if if I could be so bold in my prediction, um, but yeah, very excited to see Hopkins and how this offense looks. Um, I, I think that you know the, the timing is really unfortunate when it comes to Marquise Brown uh, suffering his injury this past week, but it, it works out well for the Cardinals because he you know he basically carried the, the passing game uh, during Hopkins suspension. So I think Hopkins gets plugged back in, different type of receiver than Marquise Brown, but someone that that I think is going to push for those double digit target 
type of games right away. Um, and if there's no Marshawn Lattimore, then I think Hopkins really kind of goes off uh, tonight in, in his return. I'm excited to see what if Rondell Moore can can get on track. And you know, Kyler Murray, uh, the entire Cardinals offense was so such a dud last week and such a blow up spot for them against Seattle. They they really need to respond here. This is a big game for them. And then yeah, on the, on the Saints side. Uh, glad to have Chris Olave back. I have a lot of shares of Chris Olave, and and yes, I, I think to your point, uh, he really is going to be the uh, basically option A and B as as far as that Saints uh, passing game is concerned with all the other injuries that they have uh, in that group. So this is the tease we used for the segment: rookie running back rest of season, Kenneth Walker. Brees Hall, and I'll throw Damian Pierce in that mix, too, because I think he deserves to be part of that discussion. If you could only have one from now until the end of the fantasy postseason, would you rather have Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce, or Brees Hall on your fantasy team? Wow, that that's a, I mean, it's a great trio, and and I felt like during the course of draft season, we weren't totally sure, you know, how this running back class was going to shape out. We knew the names, especially at the top with, with Hall and Walker, but Pierce has been an unbelievable surprise. Um, I'm glad that we get to kind of directly compare um, both uh, Hall and Walker because, it, like, in, in a vacuum, because it, before. It was tough because Rashad Penny was obviously taking carries away for, from Kenneth Walker, but now both Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker are the RB1s for their respective teams, so we kind of get to see um, how it goes from here. I think that Hall is the most talented of that bunch, so I would go Brees Hall. Um, I think I think that we're going to start to see him have bigger and bigger games every single week. Damian Pierce has obviously done extremely well. You could argue that he's one of the fantasy MVPs uh, through – uh, this part of the season and we're past his bye now, which it, which is important too. you can plug him in every week uh, here moving forward. So I would say Brees Hall, just because I think he is, he is the most talented of this group. And then I think that uh, Damian Pierce for fantasy ends up uh, being second and, and Kenneth Walker, a close third. I think all three of those guys are legit, like top five, 15 type of fantasy running backs uh, the rest of the season. But so we're, we're, we're working on a thin margin here, but, but Hall is the best of, of this bunch. Definite case for the zero RB theory. If you just, if you loaded up at wide receiver, tight end, and even quarterback and had those three running backs on your roster, you'd be made right now in fantasy all right john let's head to the text line at five zero eight five seven and uh ask you some of the questions that are teed up here should i start naheem hines or Dion jackson this weekend for indianapolis so based on this question i haven't seen an official report on jonathan taylor do you think jonathan taylor is going to play and if he doesn't are you firing up one of those two guys um, I, I would go Jackson over Hines. Um, again, we're, we're going to have to keep an eye on the injury report. I, I think that the Taylor will be back, but I, I don't think that he's going to be, you know, able to, to do his usual workload of 20 plus carries. So I think that there is probably room in this offense and Jackson was, was, I mean, Hines can catch passes. Of course, that's like kind of what he's known for, but Jackson showed that he can do that as well this past week. So Deion Jackson, I, I think would, would be my pick between those two. But again, keep an eye on the injury report as we, as we head into Sunday to, to make sure that the Taylor is out. Which of these head scratching wide receivers would you start in half PPR Brandon, Ayuk, Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore? 
Um, I would start Brandon Ayuk. Um, DJ Moore, I've, I feel so bad for the guy. I mean, you couldn't be saddled with worse quarterbacks uh, than, than he has been through through this part of his career. And generally, he's been able to produce in light of that, but it, it's just a full-on impossible task at this point. So um, I, I got Ayuk going up against Kansas City. Um, they're at home. Uh, the Niners might have to play a little bit of catch up in this one. This sets up pretty nicely for Ayuk. Yeah, no Carson Wentz. I don't know what that does for Curtis Samuel, but he was already sort of. It just seems like I don't know. The gas tank is empty. Uh, we all got excited week one, and uh, mm-hmm. I even spent a little bit of fab on him, and uh, that has gone by the wayside. La- the latest injury news, DFS advice, and analysis. You can get it all over at RotoWire dot com. I'm glad we could fit some of those in there. John, enjoy the sports equinox here tonight. Oh, I certainly will. I'm celebrating. I hope you do the same. We'll absolutely do that here. Tazi's take coming up, and we'll head across I-4 and chat with our guy, Zach Blobner, about all the drama going on in Tampa. That is next.